If we haven't met before, I'm Ashley, and I'm the lead pastor here, and I want to welcome you to week one of Waves. Come on. Thank you to our props team. They make the stage look amazing every series. Come on. I love their investment to bring each series to life. And yesterday they actually met. They're already working on our next series for this summer. You're going to love it. So our theme today is waves. We're talking about sound waves because faith comes by hearing. Uh, Last month, my husband texted me and he said, I think someone stole our Amazon password because we're having some Beats delivered to our house. Did you order some Beats headphones? Yes, I did. He was surprised because usually he's the one who goes for the electronics. I'm like, oh, I like t-shirts and clothing. But I ordered these with our Amazon points. And he's like, why? Because usually he's the one who loves all the noise. He loves podcasts. He loves TV. He loves music. He loves everything going in his brain. Like He loves just things happening around him. That's how he works best. Can anybody out there relate? Like You love having noise going on. Yes. He's cheering upstairs. <laughs> Me, I like everything being really quiet. I like to focus. And so I got these because they're noise canceling. Look, I can barely hear you guys. You could be talking to each other. I don't even know. I love to work in silence. Who are those people? You just love the silence. Yes, focus. So I put these babies on and I put like a background worship song on repeat all day long, and I listen to it. At our office downstairs, our offices are kind of like a beehive, and in the center we have a conference room, and then all our other offices are surrounding it, and we like to do something that we call mega office, and so we all open our office doors. I can't hear you guys. I hope you're still listening. (laughs) We all open our office doors, and we create mega office, And the people across from me, John and Noah, they got music going on. They got the office tunes. The people next to me, Jacques and Alanis, they're talking. And I'm like, oh, man, it's really hard to focus. (laughs) So I put these on, and I am good to write my messages. Because I know what you hear impacts everything. Come on. Thank you, Austin. Let's give it up for Austin. Come on. You know, the people that you see on stage, we represent hundreds of volunteers. We're just the tip of the iceberg. We represent hundreds of people that make Hope Church happen. Come on. I love our teams. So what we hear affects us. Sound triggers memories. You might hear certain things and be drawn back to a time in your life where there's like this big memory. They evoke emotions and they can cue other physiological reactions that affect our thoughts. If you hear the voice of someone that you are just so in love with, your heart just goes pitter-patter and your hormones are like, oh, I love talking to them. If you hear a scary sound, then, you know, the the hairs on your arms stand up and you might be like, "Uh uh-oh, what's going on? If you hear birds... Researchers say this is the safest sound that humans love to hear, birds singing. Because when we hear birds singing, we know it's going to be a nice day outside. The birds are singing. Everything is right with the world. Researchers call music vitamins for our brain, which is good for my husband. I'm just listening to my vitamins, brain vitamins. There is so much power in what we hear. It impacts our mind, our body, 
and our emotions. And today's message is called Faith Comes by Hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Week one of waves. Here we go. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Another version says, no one can have faith without hearing the message about Christ. Faith comes from hearing about Jesus. The whole Bible, cover to cover, points to Jesus. Every message you hear at Hope Church is about Jesus. That's because Hebrews 12, 2 says Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He's the writer of our faith. He's the completer of our faith. Faith isn't about us. It's about him. So first, we hear about the love of God demonstrated in Jesus. We hear, and then we respond by believing, and then we receive faith. Faith is a gift of God that we receive when we believe, just like everything else that Jesus purchased for us at the cross. So we hear about it, we respond by believing, and we receive faith. Galatians 3.2 says, You receive the Spirit because you believe the message you heard about Christ. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. Faith is one of the gifts listed in 1 Corinthians. It talks about all the gifts God gives us. One of them is faith. Like love, joy, and peace, we have faith available to us. And we also have free will, whether we're going to use it or not. So, you know, when we're going through hard times, we can choose joy in the face of any circumstance. Or we can choose to worry. It's up to us. We have joy. It's available to us, but it's up to us to use it. We can choose how much we love people. We can choose to love people like Jesus does out of the love that he's put inside of us. Or we can choose to limit our love. We can choose peace. We have a peace that passes understanding available to us. But if we choose not to use it, that's our choice. That's our free will. And we get to choose to walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We get to choose to believe in what God says instead of focusing on what we see. Having faith is bringing to the natural realm what you can only see in the unseen by faith. It's not trying to make something happen that's not already in your life. It's believing and operating in who God already says you are. There are so many times in the Bible where there are things happening that we don't see or we see in part, and God opens someone's eyes to see what's really happening in the spiritual realm. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is evidence of what's not seen. How do we know what's not seen? from hearing the word of God. That's why when you come to church on Sunday, you feel energized. You're feeding your faith. That's when you read God's word. Man, it's life-giving. That's also why the enemy goes hard after God's word in your life. It's what he went after with Adam and Eve. Did God really say? That's why when you sit down to look at the Bible app on your phone in the morning, you just get all these text notifications and all these distractions and everybody wants you and they want you to make breakfast and all these things happen. That's okay. When you get a chance, focus on God. Don't feel bad that you're getting distracted. Fuel your faith. Or maybe you're getting your kids in the car to go to church and your baby has a blowout in the diaper and is like all over the car seat and you're like, if we go now, we're going to be late. Come late anyway. 
Maybe your kids don't sleep Saturday night. The one night my kids have the worst time sleeping is Saturday night. Don't let that stop you from coming to church. Come on. It's going to energize you. The enemy goes after God's word because God's word is the seed that produces every other good thing. In the parable of the sower, Jesus talked about four types of ground, four types of ways a hearer can receive God's word. It starts with seeds falling on the path. It says a farmer went out to sow some seeds. Some, fe- some seed fell along the path and birds ate it up. Those seeds are like the seeds that we don't allow to get into us. They're the seeds that the enemy comes to steal. They're the seeds that we're like, oh, what God says is really nice for someone else, but I don't deserve it. It's not true. The next parable talks about the stony ground where the plants couldn't grow deep roots. The sun came out and scorched them. This is when we hear God's word, we get so excited about it, and then maybe we mess up during the week, and we don't have the roots to sustain us, and we're like, oh man, I can't receive from God. The next ground is the thorny ground. This is people who hear God's word, but it gets choked out by everything else going on in life. It's like you hear from Jesus on Sunday morning, it's so powerful, and then you go throughout your week, and everything else in front of you just blocks it out. The final ground is the people who believe. Faith comes by hearing. Whose hearts are open, receptive, and ready to receive all that God has for them. Come on. This ground is the people who want God's word to take root in their lives. And when it does, it produces a harvest 30, 60, or 100 times what was planted. What you believe determines who you become. What you believe defines everything about you. It defines who you're going to marry, What job you go for, where you live, how you live, it defines everything in your life. Believing in Jesus is more than one decision that happens here on a Sunday morning or a prayer. It's being born into a brand new life that you have access to because of Jesus. Come on. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We are limited by how little we know about the ways of faith. God gives us so much, but when we don't know what's available to us, we're limited. We miss out. For example, we think that the opposite of faith is fear. It's not. Fear is not our portion, but the opposite of fear is love. Perfect love casts out all fear. And we don't have to be afraid because we have authority over everything else. Fear is not the opposite of faith. The opposite of faith is the law trying to be good enough and trusting our own efforts instead of resting in the finished work of Jesus. There are two ways you can relate to God. There's the Old Covenant, which was found in the Old Testament, where people had to meet God's standard and they sacrificed animals when they didn't. This was something they had to do continually. But the New Covenant, this is where Jesus already met God's perfect standard. He satisfied every requirement of the law. He became a sacrifice for us one time, so that we could become his righteousness, so that we could be right with God. And because of what he did, we receive everything that he earned. Come on, that's good news. So the opposite of faith is the law. Galatians 2.16 says, A man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. All of us operate under faith in Jesus if we believed in him, 
or the works of the law if we haven't. And sometimes, even if you're operating under faith, you might put yourself back under the law. But Jesus doesn't do that to you. We do that when we pray for something and we think about, man, I don't know if I'm worthy to receive what I'm praying for. Maybe you think, I haven't prayed enough. I haven't read my Bible enough this week. When you do that, you're focusing on your best efforts instead of Jesus's finished work. You're putting yourself back under the law. It's like having two horses hooked up to a wagon, but they're just pulling in different directions. They're opposing each other. It's exhausting trying to live like that. Either your righteousness is based on your own efforts, which the Bible says all our righteous works are like filthy rags anyway to God, or your righteousness comes from Jesus. And it's your choice what you believe. Anytime you feel pressure to be something, you're like, I got to be more joyful or peaceful because Pastor Ashley talked about it on Sunday. When you feel like you have to, you're operating out of the law. I want to set you free with the truth today and say, come out from under the pressure. Come on. Jesus' yoke is easy. He says his burden is light. He says don't be tired or weary or burned out on religion. That's what that is, operating under the law. Let him show you how to take a rest for your soul. So instead of asking, do I have enough faith to be healed? And focusing on yourself and your faith, focus on Jesus. Ask yourself, did Jesus die for all of my sicknesses? Yes. And his works are perfect. Galatians 3.5, I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It's because you believe the message you heard about Christ. God gives us the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit when we believe. He works miracles when we believe. It's not about us. It's about Jesus getting the glory in our lives. Something else that limits us in our beliefs is when we pray and we don't get what we ask for right away. So we think, oh, something's wrong with me. But sometimes the things that we're praying for they're not in God's timing. Maybe they're not in his plan for our lives yet. Maybe it's not his promises. When you pray his promises, all his promises to you are yes and amen. It's not a reflection of you if your prayer isn't answered yet. Everything in your faith is about Jesus. Don't give up if your prayer isn't answered the first time. When Jesus prayed for a blind man at Bethsaida, he laid hands on the guy two times. And this is Jesus, he's perfect. Mark 8, 23, he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes, yeah, he spit on his eyes, it's gross, and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? The man looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Verse 25, once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Was there something wrong with Jesus that it didn't work the first time? No. The first time he put his hands on the guy's eyes, the healing wasn't complete, so he did it a second time. Keep praying for your miracle. Luke eleven nine 9 says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. When you pray, you're not fighting for victory. You're fighting to enforce the victory that Jesus already won at the cross. Come on. You're speaking with authority to whatever doesn't line up with God's word in your life or whatever doesn't line up with God's word in someone else's life. You're embracing the promises 
that are yours because of Jesus. Keep standing your ground. Ephesians 6.13 says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. It goes on to say, therefore, stand. We stand in victory on the ground that's already ours through Jesus. We stand until we see with our eyes what we've already seen in faith. It took 45 years for Caleb to see the promised land he had to believe God for. So Moses sent out 12 spies to survey the promised land, the land that God already said was theirs, hence it's called the promised land. It's promised to them. When the, when the spies came back, 10 of them were like, no, 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 this isn't going to work. People are too big. This is scary. I mean, it's a great land, but we can't do it. 10 of them were thinking about what they could do in their own power. Numbers 13.30, Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. Caleb and Joshua believed God. They believed they would take the land. They said, yes and amen. God says it. I believe it. We're going to do it. They were in agreement with God, which that's a good place to be in. I want to agree with God every time. They were choosing faith over sight. The other 10, they saw what was in front of them, and they said, we can't do it. And then they told everyone else, we can't do it. You can't do it either. Two guys and God saying, we can do it. 10 guys saying the opposite of God's word, poisoning the rest of the camp. Faith comes by hearing. Or in this case, self-reliance came by hearing. We can't do it. The voices that you listen to matter. We want to get around people who encourage you in your faith. Find a hope group. There are Joshua's and Caleb's of hope that want to encourage you to believe in God's promises. And limit your exposure to people who plant seeds of doubt. You can still love them, but I would not listen to them. Put on your Beats headphones. Cancel out the noise. Hebrews 3.19 says, We see then the Israelites were not able to enter the land because they did not believe. Everyone in this story received exactly what they believed for. The Israelites didn't believe, so an entire generation died off without seeing the promised land. Caleb and Joshua, they believed, and they entered the promised land. The people who didn't believe God, they wandered in circles for 40 years. What would your life look like if you got what you believed? Where do you need to start choosing to believe? They got exactly what they believed. When we lose sight and we get stuck in our thoughts and our emotions and our experiences, we start to wander like the Israelites. But when we believe the truth of God's word, we take hold of that which we were apprehended for. We take hold of his promises. Caleb held fast to the promise that God had given him for 45 years. That's 45 years until he saw the promised land. Joshua 14, 8, he says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me. Which is really funny. He's like your grandma telling a story. I was 40 years old back then. Here's what happened. Or the lady from the Titanic meme. It was 84 years ago. 
So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you've wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, and as he said these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this, world to, this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old. Now therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord has said. Give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke. May it be as he has said. I love this because Caleb kept that truth in his heart, very detailed, everything that God said, for 45 years. He was hanging on to a promise. How long have you been holding on to a promise from God? Or do you have some promises that you gave up on? I want to tell you today, don't settle. I was thinking about this message this week as our staff was eating lunch in the kitchen. And uh, a few weeks ago, someone was really sweet and they donated a brand new microwave to us. And we have this other microwave in the kitchen from like 1990. <laughs> it makes a really loud noise when you use it. Like we try to stay away from it because I'm pretty sure you can get radiation from it. And it doesn't really work either. I was microwaving my raviolis this week and they came out still frozen after four minutes. And finally, one of our staff, Noah, was like, that's it, we need to use this new microwave. Why are we settling from the old one that's right next to it when we have the new one? We settle because of familiarity. Don't settle. Don't settle for your old identity when Jesus has made you new. Don't settle for pain when by Jesus' stripes you have been healed. Don't settle for lack when at the cross the Bible says Jesus became poor so that we could become rich. Don't settle for anxiety when Jesus bled from his head for everything that's hurting your mind. Don't settle for a life of good enough when God gave his very best for you. Just because you haven't seen your promise yet, it doesn't mean it's not your portion. Don't give up like the Israelites. Don't say, oh, it'll be too hard. We can't do it. Let's not try. You'll receive what you believe. Jesus paid for you to be healed. He paid for you to be blessed. And he paid for your relationships to be restored. So believe what he says and hold on to his promises like Caleb did. Every spiritual blessing is yours in Jesus. We talked about that last week. Just because you can't see it yet, doesn't mean it's not yours. Faith is bringing into the scene what is unseen. Bring your need to Jesus. The disciples brought a boy to Jesus who they couldn't heal, and Jesus healed him instantly. Sometimes he does that. He heals you instantly. The boy's father says in Mark 9, 22, if you can do anything, have compassion on us, Jesus, and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out. He said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. So Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became his one dead. So that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. And the boy's father, he said, I do believe. 
And at the same time, he had unbelief. He had doubt. Yet Jesus still healed the boy. When you have doubt, come to Jesus with the faith that you do have. Don't be afraid to come to him with your doubts. Doubting Thomas went to Jesus and his doubts, and Jesus said, you can feel my nail scars. Go ahead. And he believed. Jesus is big enough for your doubts. The only time he can't help you is when you don't go to him. When we try to do stuff in our own efforts. If the father didn't believe, he wouldn't have come to Jesus in the first place. He would have been like the Israelites. Oh, we can. I could never. When he came to Jesus, his son was healed. Even though he doubted, he operated in the faith that he did have. Come to Jesus with the faith that you have. The faith that you have received from God. The faith that you're building on as you continue to hear the word of God. Right after that miracle in Mark 9, his disciples ask him privately, verse 28, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind could come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. They're like, Jesus, we tried. It didn't work. Why does it work for you? He says, prayer and fasting. Did Jesus pray or fast when he delivered that boy? Was he like, come back in a day or two. We, we've got to fast. Or let's just pray right now and talk about it. No. He used his authority to command the spirit to come out. We have all authority from Jesus. We can do the same. So what did he mean about prayer and fasting? I think part of it could be he meant fast from the things that are fueling your unbelief. Unbelief comes from hearing what's going on in the news. Unbelief comes from Googling your diagnosis for your condition. Unbelief comes from listening to your friend's gossip. Starve your flesh. Don't feed unbelief in your life. And talk to God. He's the source of your faith. Talk to him about his plans for you. Talk to him about the dreams that he's placed within you. Talk to him about the healing that you stopped believing for. The children that he promised you. The business that you haven't started yet. I want to give you permission today to believe again. I want to be a dream releaser in your life. This week, write down what you're believing God for that's in line with his promises to you. The problem isn't our faith. I think it's our imagination. It's our ability to see the unseen for ourselves. We were created in the image of God. We have the mind of Jesus, and we can use it to dream. I'm believing for a double blessing for our church in this season. I'm believing that Hope Church will look on earth like heaven looks. I'm believing that we will shine bright like a city on a hill so that all of our region will be drawn to this place because of Jesus being lifted up. Come on. Jesus said we'd do even greater things than him. I'm taking hold of that promise. I haven't seen it yet, but I say yes and amen. I was thinking this week about how as a teenager, when I first met Jesus, one of the things that I was so desperate for was to see God move in our generation. I read this book from Jim Cimbala about how he despaired at the thought of his life passing by without God moving on their behalf. And I said, that's a promise that I wanna take for our city, for our region. 
And I'm dusting that promise off again. We will see God move in our city. He wants all people to come to know him. All means all. And I'm going to keep believing for them. Those are my promises that I'm believing for. What are you believing for? Don't be afraid to believe. Even if you've got 10 spies and a whole nation against you, you be the one that stands with Joshua and Caleb and trusts in God's promise. Romans 5.5 says, Such hope in God's promises never disappoints us because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hope in God's promises never disappoints because the promises don't come from us. They come from God. As we hear his promises, we believe. And when we believe, we speak them out into our world. Out of our hearts, we believe, and out of our mouths, we speak. 2 Corinthians 4.13, it's written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe, and therefore speak. Every time you speak God's promises in your life, every time you speak who God says you are, you're magnifying the work of Jesus on the cross. You're magnifying his finished work. You declare who you are, not to become it, but because he says you are it, to get in alignment with him. Take the faith that you do have and speak to your mountain like Caleb did. Speak the authority that you have like Jesus did when the little boy had the demon. Believe and speak. Out of the overflow of our hearts, we speak. Romans 10, 9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. When you profess with your faith with your mouth, it's after you've believed in your heart, you're saved. That means you're whole, you're healed, you're delivered, you prosper. All these things you receive from Jesus at the moment of salvation by speaking. And in the same way, we speak into existence every other gift that God has given us. And we're going to experience that over the coming weeks in this series. We're going to experience more of God's presence, more of his promises, and more of the people of hope becoming who they are by believing.